Welcome again to Life is Wonderful.love podcast, where we talk about recovery, healing, life. Ask yourself, do you want to live your best life? <laughs> of course you do. We're changing recovery. We talk about certain subjects on Friday and we interview people on Sunday. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Eric Donnelly all the way from Denver. Eric, how are you doing today? Hey, Hugh. Good to be with you. It is. So tell us one thing you love. Well, I can't stop at one. I love being a dad and a husband. That's first and foremost. And then selfishly, I love 10 seconds before a concert starts. It's, uh, it's, it's this magical calm before the musical storm begins. And I love it. <laughs> so you, I take it you do not know the playlist beforehand. You're not like me who already knows all the places. You already know what the encores are going to be. <laughs> I don't, you know, Hugh, you, got, you might want to look into that. I actually like just seeing, seeing where it goes and not knowing. That's part of the fun. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, we can we do are some work of, on that issue if you want. Yeah, I'm sure I can. <laughs> I, I've recovered in a lot of areas, but I they have work to do on other areas. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's get to the questions. Question number one. How hard was it for you to walk into a 12-step meeting in your 20s, and especially with all the crazy gamblers, because you were a compulsive gambler just like me? So tell us, how hard was it? It seemed impossible. On the one hand, I knew that it was it and that the the whole game was over. Uh, And the other part was that I was in a room with strangers, most of whom were older than I was. Uh, I had told my bookie that I was finished, that that was it. And he said, I just was on a bad streak and he was going to give me a $500 free play. Um, and I remember the rules of the room said that at some point we took a break. And so of course my head was like, well, maybe he was right. Maybe if I get out, there's a payphone there. Maybe I'm supposed to take him up on it. And and then I thought, well, what are you doing? You're in here. You know, it's five hundred dollars doesn't mean anything to the amount that you're down. You've been doing the same thing over and over, or I had been doing the same thing over and over. So I was having these mental gymnastics in my head, and uh, it, deep down inside, I knew that I was where I was supposed to be, and this was it for me. And um, uh, I'm not sure all the rest of the room thought I'd be back because I was so young at the time. And unbeknownst to me, guys my age that came in, uh, came in for a little bit and then went out and had more pain and then came back. And uh, I guess I just was crazy enough to stick around. So tell everybody, how old were you when you walked into that room? Well, I was 20. I just turned 23. Um, and... I made my first bet when I was eight and I bet on the, I bet this neighbor buddy, a little older guy, five bucks that Miami would beat Nebraska in the orange bowl. And I love Miami. I was born in Miami. a huge sports fan. And, uh, I was like, Holy shit, I can win money without doing it. I mean, I can make money without doing anything, but rooting for my team. And that started a, uh, law and my, 
grandmother was Lebanese and she loved teaching me cards and playing for stuff. And so this idea of getting something for nothing at an early age was very dangerous uh, for me. And that led to, you know, playing golf and of course get, I mean, this is like high school, right? Like, so it's a few bucks here and there. And I remember um, wearing people out. Like it was dark and I just wanted to win my money back. And finally people would be like, dude, uh, okay, we're even like, can we go home now? Right. Cause I just wanted to win and to get back to even. Um, yeah. And so I, for me, it was almost like losing the down weeks were almost more stimulating than winning. Cause what's the fun in winning? The fun is figuring out how to make up the losses. And so it was just a, it's just a, a lot or to make up the stories. <laughs> yeah, exact. Totally. Because compulsive gamblers, I mean, all addicts have stories, but I always say the, the best stories, the compulsive gamblers should just be storytellers if they need a second career. Okay. I can't make money gambling, make money telling stories. A hundred percent. I'm so glad too. I got that. I'm so glad I got that lesson early in my <laughs> life, even before I really started working. And so it's been a, it, it, it turned 180 degrees, which is great. Cause then I got, I became a good worker and a hard worker and shed that ridiculous belief. So, so tell me, so you're coming up on, so you already have 24 years since your yeah, last. So in November, it'll be 25 years since I walked mm. into that St. Martin's room. <laughs> no, the same one that I walked into. I mean, he, uh, oh, actually, a, the, no, no, the, I'm sorry. I went to St. Michael's. Uh, but, you no, know, Saint, sorry, like, sorry, St. Michael's. You're right, St. Michael's. <laughs> well, we had a St. Martin's too. But let's go on. Let's uh, go on to question. I know two. it was St. Martin's on Woodway, right? Yeah, they were, but they right. That was on Woodway. The other one was on. St. Yeah, so mine but, was yeah. on. Mine was on Woodway. They put me with a kid that had like a week longer than I did. I mean, it was. So I came back, and finally, Richard was like. Okay, I, I, we're going to do something different here. None of us thought you'd make it. It was funny because like, <laughs> they put put bets on people, on the kids, right? Like, oh, he's not coming back. And then I started to do it once I got in for a little while, and I thought, something's wrong with this. <laughs> so your claim date really is not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll take action on the kids, whether they're coming back or not. How, All right. How well, are we? <laughs> All right. Let's go on to question two. Yeah. Talk to us about desperation. How does that emotion feel and what scares you about desperation? Well, I just, I felt like I was like, I had no hope. And that was, um, that, that feeling is full of despair. I mean, I, I didn't know how to break the cycle. I had been doing it for so long. Um, when I was in action, it was, there was a feeling of desperation on the outcome of a game. There was a feeling of desperation on the out on the outcome of the week. And then, you know, God forbid I'm down on Monday, uh, the last day to try to make it up. I, I didn't really get into um, baseball betting. I mean, I did bet a little bit on hockey, but it, my, my deal was like football. It was, I was in like hyper action. And so those weeks ended up on Monday and, yeah, I just, I mean, even talking about it a quarter of a century later, which is crazy, seem, I mean, I can still feel that, that sensation in my body. I'm just like, it, it, it's so anxious and so desperate and without hope. And that, that was just a 
terrible combination of feelings. Yeah, that's it's no way to go through life without hope. I always say you need hope before you can have love and faith. You need hope. That's right. And without without hope, man, things get so much more difficult. That's right. All right, let's go to question three. When people told you that you would have a wonderful life if you stopped gambling in your 20s and you worked the steps and you healed yourself, ask, did you answer this? Did you believe them? Also, what did you envision? Well, I believed them because I did. I was ready for uh, s- something different, radically different. So I believed what all the old timers told me. And within a few weeks, they were right. And so, and they are still right. Um, I mean, I, just because I'm not gambling or doing any other addictive things like drinking or drugs or sex or any of that stuff, it's still the, the, uh, same old feelings of escaping or, you know, what's another, what's another thing, you know, uh, not, not being present. I mean, all of those things can creep back into my life and I'm still, you know, I can still get in touch with how miserable the, those, those days were. And I can immediately snap back to, wow, if I'm present and I work a program and I uh, get out of myself and, you know, all of the things that are sort of entrenched in recovery and, and good um, programs, my life is great. So my life was great immediately after gambling and it remains fantastic and it remains that way, if I'm working a program and for guys like me, I have to be, I can't just, I mean, left to my own devices, I, I may not get back into that kind of illicit behavior, but I'll, I, I sure won't be the best version of myself. Okay. Well, tell us as you kind of go back is there any like one tip you could tell someone who's kind of young or even if they're a newcomer, but especially if they're young, you know, one thing that might be of, of value? Well, when I got in, I, for whatever reason, it occurred to me early on that I would, if I continued um, in that behavior, there was just no place to stop because I said, when I won, I wanted to win more. When I lost, I wanted wanted it back. And when I'm even, that's boring. So I thought to myself, where where's the place where there's satisfaction here? And there is no satisfaction when I was in my uh, behavior. And so for whatever reason, I got that early on. And I think that was a really important lesson for me, at least to quit gambling early on in my 20s. Um, and that was the, I mean, going to meetings regularly, staying in touch with uh, people in recovery, all that was like, you know, the basic tenets of, of the room. But I needed something that like I, I could personalize. And when I personalized that there just wasn't a place for me to stop, that scared me and it also motivated me to stay with it. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah that's why I've never understood when people – don't understand the concept. Either you're all in or you're all out. You know, this right. whole thing about controlled gambling or controlled drinking and all this moderation stuff. Because once you cross the line, and you know, we've had this conversation either amongst ourselves or with other people we know, 
is once you cross that line, you just got to accept there's just a there's going to be just a different way to do things. You cannot can't go back. It's almost kind of like the whole thing either after well, I always say whether it was 9/11 or COVID, you can't go back to pre 9/11. You can't go right. back to pre COVID. I mean, these things have changed the world. It's same thing with uh, addiction. Once you cross that line, there's no such thing as going back. You got to just keep moving forward. That's right. I mean, and I look, I, I, if I think about going into a casino or calling a bookie, I mean, at my age now, I'm like, I don't need 500 bucks. I don't need $2,000. I mean, like, it's just not even the, the, the same. Yeah. I've just, I've just had too long of, of success financially um, and emotionally to want to go back to, I mean, it's just, when I think about that, those days and you're asking me to go tap into you know a, a room off off woodway 25 years ago i mean it's just kind of gross you know like what was i doing i mean i was wasting time i was not a good son friend and a buddy i was i mean i was just i just was a bad guy i mean i by outward appearances that wouldn't have Nobody would have said that, but internally, I'm like, it's just, it just, it felt exhausting. Even talking about it, it like, I, I feel exhausted thinking about all that stuff because it's just, I mean, all the balls in the air and the shit that we juggled and, I mean, ugh, for what, you know? Right. But that you said it when the thing, when I said one thing you love, you know, that's where you kind of tap in that compulsive gambling or any other addictions and emotional disease. And you were talking about the thing that you love is, relationships, husband, father, you know, all the other, you know, friends that you have. And I say the same thing, you know, that life is about relationships and true wealth is really how those relationships, how relationships are in your life, not your bank account. We all want wealth. Wealth now is time. Right. It's choice. I didn't have either of those. Right. We all want money and money is good, but it's never number one. It's yeah, that's way right. down the list. It's always that's relationships right. and, and health and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, Eric, I want to thank you for coming on to the Life is Wonderful.love podcast and appreciated having you on. To you, you're great. Thanks for having me and uh, anytime. We are out. <laughs>